Angela Yee, and I'm telling you right now that the Alive Podcast Network app is the best directory of podcasts created for us by us. From relationships to making money moves, there's a show that'll captivate every listener. And for my fellow Black creatives, this is a call to action to take your brand and monetization to the next level. It's for the culture. Join the movement and sign up today. Sign up today to get a six-month subscription for $20. Visit AlivePodcastNetwork.com. Coming soon to iOS and Android. Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This episode of The Swirl Speed is sponsored by Sip and Share Wines. Sip and Share Wines is a micro winery that produces a variety of artisanal vegan wines. They recently launched their Seven Words collection, which features a different word for every occasion. With words like gratitude and abundance, you can understand why each glass should be sipped and shared with friends during all of life's celebrations. The owner and friend of the podcast, Nicole Kearney, is passionate about creating experience for wine lovers who are often underrepresented by the industry. Learn more by following Sip and Share Wines on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter today. Cheers! Welcome to the Swirl Suite, everybody. We got everybody in the building today. What's up, everybody? What's up? It's like like homecoming, but not homecoming. It's like back to school. All right. Can we do some quick introductions? Um, We have a lot of new listeners. Let's do some quick introductions really quick. Leslie, we'll start with you. Hello, everyone. This is Leslie Frelo from... Vino 301, all things Maryland wine, and I am excited to be with everyone today. Oh, we're excited to be with you. <laughs> Tanisha, who are you? I'm Tanisha, Girl Meets Glass, and I'm excited too. Yay. Yay. <laughs> hey, everybody. I'm Sarita. Buy me up. I am happy to have everybody in the building today. Yes. Hey, Glennis, do a quick introduction. Hello, this is Glennis from Vino Noir. I am happy to be with you all this afternoon or this evening, wherever you are in this beautiful world. It's a great time to be here. How is everyone? I can be found on all social media um, handles, except for Snapchat. I don't do that very well. I'm sitting in my car right now. So this shall be interesting. I'm going to have to roll the window down because I can't have the car on. Plus, all these other um, instruments. So, hey, everybody, what's going on? It's hey. a long time. <laughs> hey. Hey. So, we are here today with a very, very special guest. Please introduce yourself. I am Chow McCoy from Harlem, now by way of Lisbon, Portugal. And I'm excited to be on the show. Girl, if you don't extend that introduction out, <laughs> some credentials and some stuff. What? Like, hold on, hold on. I'm on your show, okay? So mm-hmm. let me, come on. Don't even go there for me, all right? Hold on. Just in case you don't know who Cha McCoy is, I'm going to just write oh, down God. just a few of her little write-ups. Just little ones, okay? Right. So we're going to start. <laughs> we're going to start with foodandwine.com. Chad McCoy is Harlem Somalia you want, you actually want to drink with. 
Then you got food and wine again, creating community through wine, Cha McCoy. Then you got Cha McCoy hosts New York City's vibiest wine tasting. I mean, I can go on and on. Not and to the mention, latest and greatest. Okay. Uh, so you should not be shy on this show right now. Like I, I'm, I'm not all right. I'm not shy. Do, do whatever you need to do, but this is a time where you snap your fingers and light a match and say, I am the shit right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know, I, I'm that stay humble person, so I'm totally here for, like, yes, I'm all of those things, but I'm... I'm here to kick it like anybody else. So I'm ready to jump in. I'm all those things. I'm happy that people get this vibe from me and truly the authenticity of talking to me or being with me or even drinking with me, it's the same idea. So to be honest, whether it's currently being listed as 40 under 40 with wine enthusiasts or being featured in you know magazines in the past, uh, it's all about me just being that chick from Harlem who's willing to take an adventure and that adventure is mine, wherever that is in the world. So that's me. Outstanding. I love that. <laughs> so can you back Are up you a little bit? Are you from New York originally? I'm, I'm from home, yep. Oh, outstanding, okay. So can we back up to the beginning of your adventure with wine? Like how, what was your introduction to wine? So um, I would say two things, I guess my first like, like me just drinking wine period comes more with from like being in college and not liking beer. So whatever wine option it was, I was down with. So that's box wine, (laughs) Franzina, whatever the hell was on the table. I'm like, I just need anything but Keystone light, you know? (laughs) Um, And and then let's say fast forward, um, I eventually started um, getting into wine, if you want to say professionally, I started geeking out about wine when I lived in Italy. Um, I moved there in 2010. And so I make sure I tell a difference because I think people think that's my first time drinking wine is when I moved to Italy. So I like making people make sure they understand that I definitely was a consumer before then, but I really didn't know what I was drinking and nor did I care. It was just like, don't give me beer. So what's the ultimate? <laughs> so, um, so yeah. And I think that's how I was after my heart. Yeah, you know, that's what most people, I think, whether it's age or sex, you know, females, you know, wine is always uh, targeted towards us and beer for men. So um, at least back then, of course, now they're doing a lot more marketing, cross marketing. But um, but yeah, so that's the, the introduction. I um, worked at a wine shop when I moved back to Harlem after uh, returning back to the States from living in Italy. And from there, it I got a little bit more serious with my um, diving into professionally, right? I'm working in the wine shop. I was the only one who at least was speaking Italian at the time um, in the store. And then I also was the one who was kind of like the knowledgeable in Italian wines, but nothing else. So I I guess I stood out in this kind of weird way too. Um, Here's this girl who looks like me from down the block, but she speaks Italian. She don't know nothing about no other wines. It's like, I'm confused. She doesn't know shit about Napa, I'm lost, <laughs> like, you know, so it was kind of like a weird place to be in, and like, you know, I'm grateful for my mentor, who is the GM of the store, who was like, okay, let me, you know, let me give you some, like, 
you know, interested in like websites to look up. Cause if you're going to work here, you got to sell all the wine besides the Italian section. <laughs> uh, and so I guess the journey officially started there. So was your, your, so did you go to Italy initially because of wine or was there another reason why you moved to Italy? Yep, I moved to Italy, or I should say no, I moved to Italy uh, to actually do my MBA. Uh, I'm an engineer okay. by, I've been, uh, as of this year, this is like the first official year I've left engineering uh, to try to pursue wine or anything else um, outside of related to engineering. So, um, so for the last 13 years, I've been doing engineering. Oh, okay. Outstanding. Wow. So that's a big leap. What did the, your, your friends and your family think of your transition to wine full time? Um, I am one of those people. So it's a little bit different. Um, I come from the cloth of those people. Like my father is that guy. So um, where like if I remember vividly being in class and it's like, I guess we must have been like doing a report on what our parents do or something like this. But like my mom had a state job. And so I was like, okay, she's like boring, you know, so I'm not talking about her. <laughs> so I just had to talk about what my father do, right? And I'm like, oh, my father is a movie director and he's a chef. He owns this restaurant and he did, and people like, people like, you are lying. Like, there's no way your father did or do these things. Like, oh, and he's a car salesman. And it was like, what? Like, you know, thinking like, I'm just like this little kid ranting off like, fake shit, you know, so uh, I'm like, no, he actually, like, I, I guess it was not, it was very odd to think that, um, that you couldn't be all these things, so in this case, I was very much like, yeah, no, he actually do these things, like, you know, like, come to my house, like, you know, like, so it was very weird, like, to, um, and it was, it was a point of, like, proving people, like, yeah, he actually know how to cook, come for dinner, oh, let me show you his car dealership, like, this is, you know, so I remember being in this place where it's like my father's known as this like multifaceted person, you know. And so I think the idea of following in his footsteps or some like it with this kind of like, oh, none of none of it seems like it connects, but to him it did, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing for myself. In my case, maybe it's a little bit more easier to kind of like put two and two together. Um, I come from, or I should say, most of my career in engineering was in the retail luxury space. Um, so now that I'm in wine, which is considered a lead to uh, a luxury for retail, um, that goes side by side, you know, before it was fashion. So now it's beverage. Um, also now that I'm out here with, uh, wineries, especially in Portugal, this is the most I've ever met of winemakers with engineering degrees ever. Mm. Portugal is some artists. Wow. Everybody is an engineer, was an engineer, still do engineering on the side. Um, and you know, maybe we'll get into that later, but you know, in Portugal, because of the economy, the dictatorship, all this stuff, a lot of people, and if you've been to Cuba as well, you know, people can be doctors, but drive a cab, you know, so um, wow. if someone here, yeah, you know, that's the case in Cuba for sure. Here, because of the economy and how it was during the dictatorship, a lot of people either transition from being engineers to like working on a father's uh, farm, which means great farm. Um, which then turned into them making their own wine label in the future. And now they know it as a winemaker. So they have this like engineering background. Um, so I, I kind of blend in with all the engineers here. It's funny because even here, once you like graduate from college up to a certain level, you're either an engineer or a doctor. 
They don't even consider any other type of profession. They just say, oh, the doctor of art, the doctor of, you know, is that always science? And then the only other title, if you're not that, is someone who's an engineer. So, um, so to be honest, I'm kind of like, now I'm blending in with all the other winemakers who are engineers here. Um, and some of them are not engineers by like connecting to um, agricultural. It's also engineers from tech fields or et cetera, and now they're working in uh, wine. So here I'm at home. <laughs> wow. Nice. It's not surprising though. I'm sorry. No, you go ahead. Um, well, it's not surprising because wine is very technical. I mean, there's an art to it. There's definitely an art to it, but the art or the science of making wine is very technical. So to have people with that background, it's not surprising at all. Um, yeah, I mean, but I get this question a lot of like, wow, mm -hmm. engineering and wine, that's like two different fields, you know, like they, I yeah. guess the idea of like trying to get people to like understand maybe because they also never studied as an engineer that the amount of chemistry classes that you yeah. have to take. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I mean, <laughs> maker, you're literally putting formulas together, figuring out what's the, you know, proper bricks level to start your harvest at, um, to replicate if you want to, you know, do consistency with wines from last year, what was that, taking samples, samples from different barrels, the same idea happens in math, right. mm -hmm. and, um, you know, and I'm talking about beyond algebra, you know, so we're talking about higher level maths so when we're doing theory-based math um, and engineering, um, as well as high-level sciences, right, so, um, yeah. It ends up being the same, for sure. That's also interesting from a standpoint of Portugal sometimes being considered a little more new world and for people to be engineers and doing things in that way in Portugal, but then yet here in France, it's more of a old school, old world piece of vineyards and winemakers. It's been in their family for generations. And so they don't have these backgrounds. They're just farmers. Not like I never farmers. thought about that. Um, I would totally agree in the sense that a lot of the winemakers um, are young. Yeah. That, and I mean young meaning like 50 is like old. You know? <laughs> so like most of the people is like, like from like compared to me walking around France and someone's like, and this is my father, the winemaker before me. And then his father was the winemaker. Right. Before. It's generational. This, this is very, let's say all the winemakers I know, they father may have owned the land or they, but most of them, they actually bought it. Like, so, right. um, so they're not actually getting the inheritance. And again, back to the dictatorship and back to like people not owning land and things being broken apart and, um, underneath Salazar. So this like uh, idea of who owns what land for generations didn't really, uh, don't really come to play um, as much. Some people do, and of course they do have this large legacy in big brands, but, um, but for the most part, it's usually even large corporations um, who have the big names and the legacy um, or those you know small few who are out there. Um, but most of the ones that I'm connected to is people who are like, they're making a name for themselves today, you know, it's not from the generations before. Um, and even like, if, if you want to talk about even port wine, that's why it's like Taylor Port, Grams. These are not obviously Portuguese names because the Portuguese people were the farm workers and the people who owned the farms, like the actual uh, grapes. The people who were making the port and making the money is the uh, British who were 
owning the wineries and actually buying the grapes from the farm workers. So the names is not tail, you know, their name is not on the actual names of most of the courts. Today, the ones that we know, you know, um, of course, there's Quinta de Infantado, which is one of my favorites that's out there. I would say that it's sold in America um, that I see often. And, but that's, I don't see too many outside of him, I should say, in New York City. Uh, and that's a, that's a family that owns the grape and owns the winery. And so therefore they're able to produce underneath their own name um, bottles for a port. That's very interesting how that, how that works and how that's a, how they use a newer um, approach. And I think that's why their wines are at a better price point and um, why people keep saying that different regions throughout Portugal are like the region to watch and Portugal is a place to watch and to go to for um, good value wine and also delicious wine. It's yeah, it was not by choice. Like, no, they did not choose a dictator, right? So they oh, did no, not, not the dictator part. I'm talking no, no, about but that's what's affecting the price. That's what's affecting the, like, how come they don't have legacy of people who are owning it, you know? That's why, they, you know, it's easy to be considered, I guess, in this way, you know, closer to New World versus being considered part of the old world um, when you talk about wines, you know, history, et cetera. But they've been making some of, and I guess, they will also, and I got to make sure I say this, because some Portuguese person is definitely going to kill me, allowing you to get away, calling them anything close to new, because they are the first uh, demarcated wine region in the world. So they're also the first wine country to ever have a demarcated region. So before France, before Italy, before anywhere else. So in their mind, to consider them new world when they're the first is also like, uh, you know, they, they're not really prideful of being close to considered to be calling new. They want their, they are very prideful for what um, their history in the Dodo Valley. And they really want to make sure that's, you know, stated. So I'm like, this is my disclaimer for they come for me tomorrow. Like you let her get away from calling us new world. I can see it now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, 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 oh. Let's, let's stop it before everybody start repeating this. Chai said it. On the squirrel sweet. <laughs> <laughs> so, Chad, can you tell us, like, how you even got to Portugal with your history in Italy? What made yeah. you move to Portugal instead of going back to Italy? Um, I would say I try to, like, there's also, like, this, like, personal factor. So let's just touch on, like, top three things for that. Um, I was looking for a place that just was full of sun, you know, I wanted my tan to be my full time color. So, you know, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to get whatever this other December, January shade is of me. I want the tan all year round. Right. So, um, so yeah, so I was like, I need to go where I can get some sun. Um, so quality of life was a big deal for me being able to have access to the beach. I was just telling Tanisha the other day though, I do not spend the time that I need to out there to check in or check out. Um, but just being able to have access, like, okay, I'm head, I'm jumping on a metro and I'll be there in like 30 minutes, you know, to the beach that I prefer, like there's options, you know? Um, so being closer to the beach, um, cheaper cost of living. If I'm like quitting my job, um, then the idea is like, okay, if I live in New York city, I would have to hustle to survive in the city. So then I can hustle uh, in a, 
let's say a more affordable country or city. So it makes sense to just leave and go somewhere else. Like I got to start fresh anyway. I can't afford this apartment in New York anymore. Like, so in this case, I have to do everything I had to do, but it's just kind of like, instead of like moving into New York city with four roommates, let, let me move completely out um, to another place. So, um, so these are the things um, I would say, you know, safety and all this other stuff that everybody can Google on about like why, you know, 10 top reasons to move to Portugal, all those other things are the same for me too. But that was like on my personal, like I'm ready to go, go. This is the things that will hide for me. Like um, then on the professional side, I only was looking at countries that were winemaking regions. Um, so Italy was also on the list um, to return to. One of my really good friends who lived there, she was, she's been my anchor there. I've been going back every year, basically, and sometimes twice a year um, to Italy. And she moved to Berlin last year. Um, and so it was kind of, I was like, oh, well, maybe I don't need to move to Italy. And so I was like on a quest to like, where was the other places I really was interested in? And Portugal was on the list um, for the other reasons. And um, so was South Africa. Um, and then the reason why Portugal beat out South Africa was because I wanted to be able to like, you know, snap and get to New York if I needed to. Um, the flight is about six hours. Um, and I wanted my mom to be able to come, me and my mom, me and my brother both live uh, away from my mom. So she's in New York and my brother's in DC. So um, I wanted to be able to be, let's say, close enough. <laughs> it's funny because they're like, how you keep thinking this close? I'm like, because I could have been in South Africa. You know? <laughs> so when my mind is like, girl, this is, this is around the corner. You know? um, so yeah, so this was how I kind of, that's like a quick answer to like give you the formula, but you know, that was that. And in English, I didn't mention this, but um, after I came for the first time and I realized how prominent English was. Oh, is um, it? I had no idea. Yes. I don't know if you heard my whole, my TV's in English the entire time. Like, I'm like, I'm like trying to find something in Portuguese on my TV. I'm like, where's a Portuguese show, please? Um, I got to learn a language. Like, um, so yeah, English is, uh, I guess someone told me this who visited before, but it was one of those things. I was like, um, I lived in Italy. I will not say, like, like if you was on a 10 blocks in Rome, yeah, you'd be like, oh yeah, they speak English here. So I was like, I don't know where she stayed and stuff. So I think I need to come out here for myself. And it really is everywhere. I'm like, okay, I left Lisbon, went to a new city. They were speaking, you know, uh, English in this new city. I went out to, you know, out in Dodo River Valley and I'm talking to farmers in English. This ain't never happened in Italy. Like people are like, no winemaker. Why would he even speak English? You know, so, um, you know, younger ones do, but the older ones, they're like, nah, nah, I'm good. This is what I got, you know. So here, there's a large chance that the person is speaking English and um, at least someone part of their team um, can speak English to you. So I was like, okay, so that's going to be good for business. So. That was the, if you want to say, the cherry on top for me. Wow. Excellent. That's awesome. So, um, okay, so let's ask this question. So as a woman of color, how are you treated in Portugal itself, outside of the wine industry and within the wine industry? Um, okay, I would say, so also, this is it gets back to the it always go back to politics right with race so um exactly. because there's a large um well 
let's go back to 1975. Everyone in Portugal is very big on their dates. April 24th, 1975. I know more shit about their history than mine now. Uh, <laughs> it's crazy because here they're so like prideful of their history. You could be in an Uber and learn like what you could have learned in a textbook. Like I was like, bro, now I know the entire reason why some like, you know, the battle of 88 happened. So, like, you know, like, I'm like, what the hell? Like, all you gotta do is like walk around and talk to everybody. Everyone's like ready to break down any kind of like big moment, political moment here. Um, and with also being said here, a lot of things are named after the dates. So the bridge that looks like the San Francisco bridge and the Golden Gate Bridge here in Lisbon, it's called the April 24th bridge. So they don't let you forget. <laughs> You're gonna know these dates, you know? So, uh, so April 24th, 1975 is when um, the revolution happened. And that's when uh, the people overthrew um, the government. And that's when the colonies basically were uh, no longer colonies. They, you know, now they became their own countries. So I don't know if you know much about Portugal, but uh, in Africa, or besides them being explorers and actually like, you know, uh, conquering or exploring into these new uh, territories, they, that's what they're known as. So they look at the country from what I understand is Portugal is not just a country we call it. A lot of them, let's say generations older than us, they look at as Portugal is also Angola, Mozambique, Sao Tome, um, exactly. Brazil, you know, loosely because Brazil was kind of broken, not kind of, it was um, separated before 1975. Um, you know, Cape Verde. Um, and let's just stick with Africa right now because we're talking about me and being a black woman. So, um, so with that being said, it's very much part of their idea that these people are also Portuguese, anybody who live in those countries. They don't look at them as like, all those Africans, they look at them as like, these are Portuguese people. Everybody else could be Africa, you know, that's next to them, but these are Portuguese people and those places are Portugal. Um, so the mindset of you being brown here is not from a color, is which country are you from? Because they are wow. trying to identify, are you Cape Verdean? Now, does that mean they love Cape Verdeans? No, they may hate them, but the idea is, hating you not because you're brown, hating you because you're a Cape Verde, you know? So, um, right. or or maybe someone doesn't like Brazilians. Oh, okay, are you Brazilian? Okay, good, that's all they care about. Like, you know, they don't really, um, I'm saying I haven't personally um, got the effect of like someone treating me differently, let's say, or um, in an ill way because of this. It's more of people actually accepting me because I'm very familiar to them because a lot of the okay. colonies, um, before 1975, a lot of the Portuguese people were forced during Salazar time to actually move down into the colonies to be a part of the army. So they're also, even the white Portuguese people are very much used to the fact of living in all black neighborhoods because they lived in Africa. Um, right. A lot of friends that I know that's my age here, they or maybe their parents were born in Africa. So they are white oh, really? Portuguese who were born in Africa because their parents, meaning their grandparents, were sent to be a part of the, the, the army there uh, or to do some work in Angola. And so while they were there, they obviously ended up marrying another Portuguese woman. They created a Portuguese baby. 
he's in Angola, but he's a white man, you know, so this is not like a, so, and then in 1975, also because the colonies were now separated as a separate country, they're no longer considered Portugal, the reverse happened. All the people who were Portuguese who were born there were kicked out. So then the Portuguese had to come back to Portugal. So then now they're like, oh, I went to school in Angola. Everybody I know is Angola, but now I'm in Lisbon. Like, you know, so now there's a bunch of people here who are used to like, you know, if you want to say dating black women, uh, you know, or whatever, you know, being next door neighbors to black people mm -hmm. and families because it's very much part of their culture, either because someone in their family raised, was raised down there and then they came back, um, or because the people from um, the colon colonized countries now live here. Um, so this is also a part of it. So I guess I had to give you this context because unlike Italy, this is not the case. So in France, this is the case. So this kind of like mixture in Africa, like I don't know anything about France, French people going down and living in Senegal, you know, like, you know, I'm sure some of yeah. them do today or may have, but a large percentage of the uh, um, Portuguese people, especially because Portugal is already so small, were expats, you know, living down in a um, colony. So it's not like odd oh, to live amongst black people or see me walking in the street compared to like some small towns when I was in um, Italy. They were looking at me like I was like, you know, like something off a of TV. They were like, oh, okay. <laughs> where's he you know, from? You know, like, <laughs> that's not like that. Not like, not like an alien, but very like confused on what are you doing here? You know, like, you know, you're not from here. And I don't get that living in Portugal because everybody they know, they obviously assume I actually speak Portuguese because I'm brown skin. It, they, the last thing they think is that I speak English because usually in the colonies, they're not teaching English. So they're thinking like, well, how do you know English? You know, like you're from where, you know, somewhere in Africa. And I'm like, uh, no, I'm actually from New York, you know, and it's like this like weird exchange. Like, so, so you don't, so you're not from Angola at all? I'm like, I'm like, no, <laughs> like I'm sure. <laughs> they, they so that, trans, that transcends into the wine industry as well, that same um comfortability i guess with people um, of color in wine as well or no i would say it's about like so like the the men that i see who are here i don't i've never met a woman who's uh black that's from uh you know like that's not an expat like me um but i have met a few guys who are from one of the colonies who or at least they're culturally are and I would say it seemed like, you know, they like they have a job like everybody else in the wine industry. But it, I could say from my own perspective, like people want to help me like get in. But I think it's more because they know they've met me. They like me and they hear my drive and my passion. I think it's not the, the color idea. I think it's more about, hey, we like her. She seems cool. Let's like like let's give her this connection to this one thing or let's let her come in here and whatever, like my about, you know, it's um, the the color of my skin is not what I feel, let's just say, that's stopping me from getting places. I mean, I do feel like there's things that I'm going through, but I'm like, oh, okay, that wasn't cute, you know, where shade is throwing or whatever, but I don't, I don't get that that's because I'm black. And actually, some of those people actually is not, I don't even think they're Portuguese. Most of the people I'm talking about is people I've met that are here that may be French or from other countries that's what they're so um, so 
so yeah, so it's so it's just people that's in wine who also work here um, or have been here, work in the restaurant industry, et cetera, that is just like, you know, being jerks because no matter what race you are, what country you're from, if you're a jerk, you're a jerk, you know? So they just, <laughs> that's what it is, you know? And there are plenty of those in the wine industry. Oh, for sure. Like, yeah, you know, yeah we, we don't even got to add race to that. Right. You're a jerk. Right. Okay. <laughs> what I look like, you know? <laughs> so what are you actually doing in Portugal? Are you, you're working at a vineyard or are you working at a restaurant or wine bar? Like so I've been, so then my company, Chai Square Hospitality and Consulting um, is the idea of right now I'm at a phase of how do I boost my brand locally? So we can create community here. Um, so it's always great to be able to like come back to New York and you know, sell out an event, but it's more about like, okay, but I'm in both spaces. So um, doing all the footwork of going to the prominent events, um, you know, how you say rubbing elbows with the people that I need to here, building that network, you know? So that's, that's gonna take time. I just got here in June officially. So, and this is September. Um, so to be able to continue to shake hands, et cetera. And I've, you know, and I've started coming here as of like October last year. So it's, I know it's a process and Portugal is definitely, is, is still Southern Europe. So you still got to come here, shake hands five times, kiss all the babies before anybody like say, okay, we're for you. Let's sign a contract. So, um, you know, we're working with you. So this is very much their mentality. Um, I appreciate that. I mean, that's, the reason why, you know, wine is part of their lifestyle here, too, is because they're very uh, personal. They want to, like, personally like you before they want to pay you for anything, no matter what, how great you are. Um, nothing over, like, everything over email is like, okay, that's cute, but when do we see you? I'm like, girl, I don't need to see you. We just said, okay, you know, like, um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, that's the kind of place there. So, so network building, um, to be able to continue my consulting with now, wineries directly is what who I want to work with um and I realized being home in New York and doing that was going to be harder unless I was doing you know work with people just in the states um and that means various things uh brand design and strategy um wine tourism helping them uh export management uh these are the services I realized that they need the most uh help with so this is what I'm you know, talk with people and been in conversations with over the past, I guess, going on a year now, um, come October. And wine tourism for consumers and events for consumers as well. So the, this is the same like when I was in the States, but here because I'm in a, like, like a tourist location for Americans, it's kind of how do I monetize that? So right now I'm doing wine tastings in Lisbon, in the city center, getting people to get like like almost like a, like, okay, you just arrived. What are you going to drink now that you're here? Um, and because I'm in Lisbon and not in Dordo, I try to stay away from doing ports only because people normally, if they're going to go up to Porto, um, they're definitely going to visit the, the wine cellars there. So I try to stay away from ports and try to get people to know um, kind of Portugal outside of the fortified wines. So they do the tastings and that's also including vineyard tours and um, I got tastings on yachts, all types of stuff going on. So mm. it's all about what people are willing to spend and what experiences I can give them. So now I'm, you know, I'm here to kind of like not, it was to a point where even at home, people would see that on Instagram. I was in Portugal and they're like, oh, child, what you, um, I just seen, I just found you on social media and 
I want to do a tasting with you. And I'm like flying back to New York that same week. I'm like, ah, you know, so it's good to like be here to kind of catch these kind of um, tourists who are in for a couple of days, et cetera, to kind of get them to know me and kind of help them out with their wine journey while they're here, um, as well as being able to curate something larger uh, for hopefully 2020, I'm claiming it, you know, a, a larger, you know, group trip to bring people here for a harvest. Um, I have a question about, like in the United States, we yeah. are open to importing a lot of wine from different countries. But in Europe, it tends to be, it's very, you're very hard pressed to find new world wines or <clears throat> wines that are not from that region. Is that the same in Portugal? Where 1,000%. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of crazy because... I just like, I was like, wait, should I just start bringing like American wine here? Like, you know, like I was like, hmm, this is, is this an actual opportunity? But culturally they wouldn't do it. So it's not like, uh, mm -hmm. you know, you gotta like, you gotta push a real shit if you really want somebody to buy American wine, you know? Um, wine people may come out and support and be like, ooh, I've never had this, you know? But right. Mm -hmm. it's like to be able to hold up a whole business, um, trying to change a culture, you know, it's, a whole nother ball game. And I think that's the reason why it's like in my mind, as my business strategy is like, okay, working with wineries, I'm working with Portuguese people. Um, and so that's my B2B business is working with Portuguese people um, on a business level, but business to consumer, not that it's not for Portuguese people. It's just that that's not my target market because right. they are, uh, let's say like, it's very hard to get people to understand what I'm doing because culturally they're already wine drinkers, you know? So, um, so they may not, they'd be probably like less, they would care less about doing a wine tasting and paying for one um, versus someone else who's like, I'm here for an experience. I want to learn about Portuguese wine while I'm here for this one week. So, mm -hmm. um, so that's like two different mindsets. Working with them, you know, B2B is one way, but it's different than me trying to sell to a consumer. Um, and I'm trying to say they don't exist. They are here. Um, and they seem very interested, but then we start talking about price points and, uh, the Portuguese people, the average salary is 600 euros a month, uh, for like, and uh, yes, you heard that right. 600 euros a month. Um, so to try to give an event on the same scale is one of my challenges right now. Like, how can I, cause I do want to give, you know, as I was recently quoted in Buzzfeed, are you happy Tanisha? I'm dropping, you know, <laughs> Um, you know, I'm here to be the sommelier for the people. And I'm not saying just black people or women. I'm saying for the people, people who want to drink wine and want to learn about wine and don't want any kind of like, um, you know, stigma or elitist ideas stopping them from like having that um, wine they can't pronounce, et cetera. So in this case for Portuguese, they, it's the other way around. Like, okay, how do I get introduced? Maybe like what you're saying, Leslie, like to... Um, new varietals or other countries and maybe it takes someone other meaning someone outside of Portugal to be like hey no this wine is cool and it's from Italy trust me it's right. good mm -hmm. or, trust me I got this Chilean wine don't freak out you know and, you know and having them be exposed like to be that vehicle for them to kind of like mm -hmm. um, actually think about new world wine in a, in a different way um, so that's part of, you know, this is also an opportunity for me to like uh, engage with them on that level. Because I think if I did a, let's say, a, a all American flight or all new world wines, 
one, how to get them would be one issue, right? right. And mm -hmm. that's what you're, what you're asking about. And I would say, of course, all of, do they not carry them here? But it's probably more about, yes, they do, but it's on the higher level, you know? Yeah. It's not going to be like the more affordable American or South American wines. Um, to be honest, the, for the first time, and I've traveled to Brazil several times, I've just had Brazilian wine um, that wasn't sparkling for the first time, like since I've been here. And that's only because of the ties between Brazilians yeah, coming yeah. here and, you know, in Portugal. So right, someone right. who's Brazilian who brings back Portuguese wine, I was at a place with other wine friends where he brought wines from Brazil up here for, for, the, for them to taste. So, you know, that was just an interesting dynamic, but maybe that's the way, you know, like, okay, they're open to drinking Brazilian wine. Okay, so how do we bring in other wines from Chile, from Argentina, and then now start talking about California um, or Australia, et cetera. Right, so, right, um, right. But yeah, this is not wine people I'm talking about. I'm talking about the average consumer. You know, wine people, you drink, you know, whatever you drink, you know, so. Mm -hmm. It's true. Um, I would say that someone I know who just opened up a wine shop, she actually sells no Portuguese wine. So that to also respond to your question is brand new. So um, I'm wishing her luck in, you know, her, all her wines are, um, it's called, the store's called Rebel Rebel. Uh, shout out to Jen. She's from New York. Um, so I think that it's more about like natural wines, right? Period. So in her case with the natural wines, it's more about how you get people to learn about natural wine. You know, Portuguese people, since they're not used to drinking natural wines or hearing things be called natural, you know, the idea of the consumer is like, okay, well, um, how do you get them more exposed to it? So to actually have, she can have wines from anywhere because at the end of the day, they're not going to be familiar with the taste, <laughs> you know. Um, so if they enter natural wines, they just want to know about natural wine, right? So, right. Right. So it's already a specialty store in itself. So if most of her portfolio is, or since all of her portfolio is um, outside of um, Portugal, um, then, you know, in this case, she has the opportunity to expose them to Austrian wine, French wines, and, you know, that they wouldn't have on their menu when they go to the restaurant. So um, so I hope I answered the question in a way, but yes, obviously in her case, <laughs> someone's doing it. But um, in another case, I still haven't seen like a, restaurant menu that have yeah. other wines that's not like the top in French wine or the top in um you know American Napa Valley wines um, on the list so that's what I see hmm. wow so I have a question about like the food in Portugal is Portugal as obsessed with wine pairing as the rest of the world is oh you think the rest of the world is obsessed with wine pairings this is great <laughs> Oh my God, like this was my parents bring me joy. I thought you were gonna say like Italy. I mean, Italy is like the king of wine pairing, right? This is every wine they make is for food. <laughs> like this is like, the, like they don't care that you think the wine is bold because you don't have the right food, you know? Like, so like, it's not like, uh, like, you know, so I, I get excited because wine parents is why I love wine. So that's why I'm like, oh, wait, the world is also crazy about this. I don't think so, though. Um, but I would say I don't think that's their purpose for white and white, you know, like how I feel about Italy. But I also think that's why Italy is so uh, special. You know, you, all they want is don't go with everything and don't go for a summer day. Well, because you, you don't have what you're supposed to have in front of you, you know? Like, okay, you have the wrong cheese. 
what else can I say? You know, like, I, I mean, they're very like, uh, I'm unapologetic un about their approach to wine, um, with Italian reds, especially. And, and I feel like that's a very special way of, um, treating your wine. Like you need food. That's it. Period. Next. You know? So mm -hmm. here I feel like their wines is very, their used it palate. I say Portuguese people, average Portuguese person palate is actually, uh, sweeter and high alcohol which sounds very familiar because mm. uh, when a community wants uh when the black community wants like high alcohol and sweet wines people are like oh that's so like you know hood and ghetto of you but low-key i think that's what most of the people want <laughs> it's not just yeah. black people not just yeah. you know <laughs> i don't know people from the hood you know uh so so, yeah, so I digress, but I mean, clearly a place that's basically most of their money in the wine industry comes from port, which is at 18% and making rubies, <laughs> you know, um, what else could you say? But um, yeah, no, I would say that pairings, yes, in a very formal hospitality restaurant way, um, but the average, let's say, waiter server um i'm not gonna even go and stretch and say some yeah um, they are whatever you order they just kind of saying hey i like this wine you should drink this one that's it they're not really going into um well the perfect pairing for this is it just very much you got fish you should get this it's from vino verde you know and and that's kind of it and even the winemakers who are making wine here like that are my friends are like, this is part of the frustration. And they're out here pushing out all this great wine and then they putting them in the restaurants. But the people who are there like, I like that other one. So this is the one I sell the most. You know, they don't really, wow. yeah. they're not really going into this. And because when people come to Portugal, I mean, some people are going to the Michelin star restaurants. You know, they, they come for that experience too. But the average person is getting like the traditional Tashkas and um, Tabernas, which, you know, that this is a certain word used for, um, traditional small restaurants here, um, they're not giving you wine pairings, you know. So um, there are some more modern ones that, you know, go into that, that I love um, and that I go to. But people come for a lower price point and the wine's not trying to say, I'm talking about for the food and for the experience. And so this is the, the wine itself doing going through pairings etc it's like oh yeah I, I remember this place they were like they were actually looking for some yeah right i'm like okay great i'm gonna come in and get a job and it's gonna be great it's right in the heart of the area where everyone's a tourist so i'm like okay so should be easier to speak english and don't need to even i could like fake my portuguese like for the ones who do come in and don't speak english and that should be enough one of my colleagues will help me but uh it's funny because Actually, during the interview, the person was like, yeah, like, all this stuff you got going on is great. But, you know, we just need people to, like, this is, like, pour the wine. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, so we're, we can't even, like, match what you, you like what you got going on on this portfolio. <laughs> all of this, you know. They're like, we're just going to be honest. And I guess because she also said there was a sommelier before me who also they hired, brought in, and they she basically felt like, nah, this is not challenging enough. I'm not doing, I'm not talking about the wine. You know, is this like fast service and et cetera. So this place is kind of like, you know, not like this small traditional. It's a really nice wine bar that do have a good restaurant. And so in my case, I'm thinking like, oh, okay, this is a good place to be because it's enough tourists to speak English. I could get away with working here. 
um, on the side, you know, and it's no, no bueno, let's just say. Like, they're like, Mm-mm, we don't, we don't need you to be here pairing shit. We just need you to come on, you need girlfriend and like, like, and let that be the one we think is the most expensive with the highest return, you know, kind of thing. Not the most expensive, but the highest return for us. So, so yeah, so that's the, that's from a, that's an insider's perspective as well, because I went on an interview. It's not me just like, oh, as a consumer, this is what I feel. Of course, I eat out, but um, but yeah. So that was I thought it was like sad because I'm like you're a wine bar, <laughs> like I'm like it's not like a regular restaurant. You're like oh yeah, just make sure you sell wine. We don't care. This is a wine bar. You don't care about like pairing with your food, like oh, like I'm about to like not. Um, <laughs> you know, so. it's funny because they had um, Somcom in uh, DC. Yes, and they they started doing um, more business focused seminars in addition to like the traditional um tastings and the history and da 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 and the message from that panel was your job as the psalm is to sell wine so it's Mm -hmm. interesting and not um and when you have your staff or what have you that they're not going to remember always when they are serving wine you know the terroir and you know what's slope and this and that that they just need basic information to sell wine and it is not always about the pairing so it's interesting to hear that perspective from the other side of the atlantic yeah i mean especially because i think people think oh you're in europe you must be getting like a bubble of like all of this and it's I mean, Tanisha can, I guess, speak for France and see, you know, if she see an average restaurant, are they doing that? Um, but I would, of course, I've been to Michelin star restaurants. And of course, the song comes, you know, her name, she's telling you, and we did a full, like, I went to Loco. Um, Loco's, uh, they just got their Michelin star. And so they, it's a, it's super organized. It's like a orchestra, like someone weaves in, give you a course. She weaves in, brings the wine. It's like a, mm. oh, like they're like figure skating around each other. It's beautiful. You're like, shit, this is why I'm in this business. You know, like, <laughs> it's like, uh, <laughs> you're just like excited. Like, yes, continue. Yeah. Emilia. Like I can't, I, look, I can't even forget her name that I, I was there. I don't know, like three weeks ago. Um, because it's great. Like Amelia was the shit. And I swear when someone's doing a job, um, my dog wants to be invited. Um, when someone's doing a job, um, it's done well. And when it's with the food and it's going, you know, and I think that's another reason why, you know, I'll post this as well on like Instagram tomorrow, because, you know, another reason why I even mentioned about being like the song for the people or, people some yes because you know there is this like point of where we think oh our food is not our food whatever your food may be I don't care if you're Indian West Indian um wherever wherever you're from New Orleans if you think your food does not deserve a wine pairing you don't do it <laughs> you know like you, you know it's about that and so sometimes the um so sometimes it's us you know where we like oh yeah I'm just having fried chicken, so I don't really, you know, I don't need all that. I just ordered the wings, you know. And so I'm the one like, no, but do you know what would be great with those wings? You know, like, like, why do we need her giving us these, like, deep thoughts about, you know, I'm like, okay, all right. I just wanted to, like, 
you know, let's like, if we're going to do it, let's, we're going to get wine. Let's do it right. You know? <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so I, I, I become this person and I'm always thinking about wine pairing. Clearly I'm like still talking about wine pairing, <laughs> but you know, because I feel like everything deserves a proper pairing. Like, you know, cause I think there's a grape for everything. I think there's a wine for every occasion. And so for me, it's like all about mood and food, you know, when you're looking about pairing. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So this part of our show, we ask you just some random questions about you. Yeah. Um, and we call them random and not so rapid. And the first question is, what is your favorite wine pairing? Oh, oh look at that. Oh. <laughs> well, you know, it's so funny. It's because, all right, this is going to be, this is like a definition of me. Um, my favorite wine pairing I've ever had is dollar pizza and a 1996 Barolo. <laughs> <laughs> because you just like, yo, like, I mean, Cause it's something about dollar New York pizza. That's like, it just show, you know, it's like, I started from the bottom, but now I'm here that 1996. It's like, you know, I made it, you know, <laughs> like, this is what I've achieved in life. Like, so is that like, you know, uh, like, like they say in fashion, you got to do the high and low, you know, that thrift shopping, but still put on your Gucci. Like for me, it's like this. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, this is, this is like how I roll. Like you, you can definitely find me on Instagram or in the past on Instagram posting things like this all the time because I don't think you need to wait for some like special moment all the time to save every damn bottle of wine. And um, you know, we won't live on forever. And um, I think that it's about even crafting a lifestyle for yourself where you cherish it every day. And, um, and so therefore that means open, open that wine girl. It's okay. <laughs> I love it. Love it. If you could invite anyone right now to hang with you in Portugal, who would it be? Uh, My enthusiast asked me, who would I want to drink with? And I don't know if you've seen that video, because I was like, you know what? I'm just going to invite Harriet Tubman. (laughs) You know? (laughs) You had to double down on the blackness. I was like, yeah, you know, I'm just going to be real black. (laughs) Just be like, y'all drink or not? But um, I want to drink with her. Yeah, I'm just gonna have I'm just gonna have Harriet kick it with me real quick, you know. So I thought it was. <laughs> and you so, know, there's a Netflix special about Harriet Tubman. Is it? And yes, there is, and you know oh, she comes from Portugal. Salisbury, Maryland. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, come on, yeah, Harriet. Again, shout out to you, you and Harriet on Netflix. Okay, I hope I get it in Portugal. You know, we get some like you know all European versions out here. We don't get it all, um, but uh, I'll definitely make sure I look it up. But I, I just thought like that's where he's gonna go. I'm like, okay, now I gotta come up with somebody else besides Harriet. So she's gonna bring her everywhere with me. Um, but yes, okay. So you said who would I want to be with me in Portugal? Uh, is it like just for a kick it kind of situation? Just kick it for a kick it for a weekend. For a weekend. Oh, yeah, okay. You can drink with them, eat with them, show them around, and then they go home. Who paying? Okay. Well, can I can I get two people? <laughs> okay, go ahead with the two people. What I'm you sorry. I'm just, she was like, <laughs> she was like, I'm paying. Oh gosh. She was like, who's making this difficult? It ain't me. It ain't me. Trust. <laughs> okay. So, I would really. All right. So, dad, my father was someone. So he never. Okay. He didn't. He didn't come visit me when I was living in Italy. So for me, I'm like. If he can come for a weekend, that would be priceless if he came okay. uh, to Portugal. Um, 
So definitely see my, say my dad. Um, and for me, I would also say like on a celebrity level, um, I'm gonna go with Oprah because sure. she's my she's my she's my new Harry. You know, she's my current like my Harriet Tubman of today. <laughs> so for me, I'm like, you know what? Oh, don't even post anything. We just gonna keep it light. I like you know. That. <laughs> We're just gonna have this wine though. It's gonna be dope. You know, mm. I'm gonna drop some of these like business ideas on you. <laughs> 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 I'm just gonna out real quick. You know, I don't even need your money. Just want you to like, do you think this is work? You know, I just need your head nod, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, like I would love to know what um, Oprah's favorite like wine is. And, mm. like, so just like having a weekend with her to like kind of see what she what she normally drinks, you know, someone with a with a bank account that, that can support the 1996 Barolo every day. Like, like who, who would you think? You know? So, um, yeah, I would see my girl, Auntie O. Mm. Speaking of bank accounts, you know, I was watching Ellen. This had to be like maybe last year sometime. But Ellen asked Oprah, when was the last time she went to a bank? And she, Oh, yes, I do remember that. Yeah, and she couldn't remember. And neither could Ellen, really. Neither one yeah, of them yeah. could go to the bank. Right. Yeah. They got people for that. Yeah. Well, and why do they need cash? What do they need cash? Right. True. I I mean, she may need some cash walking around Portugal because they don't do cards everywhere. But you know, somebody, one of her people may have it or something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, so she could be. Yeah, she good for it. That's fine. Yeah. Uh huh. So yeah, Oprah will be my girl. Got it. Okay. Next question. What is your favorite scent? Mmm. Super easy. Because it's. It's kind of like now I gotta get rid of it. Lavender. Uh, yeah. It's like a go-to. I, my brother said, "Why all girls love lavender?" I'm like, I don't know, bro. Like you just, I don't know. Like just, just like I go to my girlfriend's houses everywhere. I come to your house, you burning lavender. So I'm like, okay, all right. It's um, for me. It's super. Like I, you know, I always got my oils on me, so you know, lavender is my go-to. What I do not forget to pack. Um, traveling, because um, you know you on a plane, you're trying to relax. You know you're in a new apartment, your new country, so trying to like get a familiar smell going. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to bring your smell, and I feel like lavender is like easily accessible everywhere, so it's kind of good too. Like if I don't have none, I can find it where I'm at too. So that's important for me. Like oh okay, I mean I have a dog who obviously operates on scents too, so mm-hmm. he's like oh it's lavender in here. It smells yeah, like home, yeah. you know. <laughs> So, you know what else is nice about lavender? How it can, you still recognize it and it's not super strong. So when you go to wine yeah. and stuff, it doesn't overpower everybody else's yeah. around you. For sure, for sure. Um, yeah, it, se- it seems super cliche because my brother said that now. I'm like, oh, do they, all girls like that? But I've, you know, I love patchouli. I mean, I'm into other things. <laughs> you know? um, but yeah, lavender is like my go-to Okay. Um, who is your favorite music icon from New York? And this person can be deceased or alive. Oh, P. Diddy, all day. Okay. You know, oh, my goodness. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Diddy, I can't even go really? there. Because... No, yes. Well, listen here, okay? Uh... <laughs> you feel attacked, child? She's like, wait, what? Mm. <laughs> oh, I don't have to think twice because it's like whenever you know when I think of like well I, I didn't realize I, I already said his name before you said dead or alive but in my mind it was like okay then he would be the person I would pick if you didn't say that so um 
But yeah, I would definitely just go with Diddy. I can't even, for who he is and all this other stuff, you know, it's, it's kind of like when you're like, oh, I still love Kanye, but I can't love him publicly, you know. Um, Diddy's one of those people who I feel yeah. like, okay, he has his evolution going on. So personally, people like feel some way, but you know, I think this pride of like being where we from, yeah. Um, yeah. never forgetting that, always feeling like, you know, like there is a Harlem way about doing things and how we carry ourselves in every space. And we're okay, we're unapolog unapologetically us. And that's, that's you gotta own that. You're, I can't be anywhere but, oh, child, you should be more. No, 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 uh, no, I'm gonna be myself. And then being okay with that. Um, I've had people call me, you know, oh, you're so um, aggressive and rah, rah, you must be from Brooklyn. I'm like, what? No, like, you know, what, you watch too many TV shows, things like, it's like, you know, but being in a way where you can kind of like, craft your spirit where you can look at someone who's like made it from where you're from and still sound that way and ready to like you know call them shake or any beat you know like you know you still we still us like you know and that's the way i want to do anything i don't care if it's wine i don't care if it's engineering whatever it is and so that's what i connect with is that idea of like i don't have to like oh i'm in a suit today so now i have to look and be this way i want to be me i want to be Harlem, um wherever i'm at so um, you know, so that's where like my first thought goes to is because of how he's able to elevate his himself, his brand, and still been like you know genuinely him you know throughout generations now, um, still dancing in the background in other people's videos. You know, this is that's who he is. <laughs> so um, I so, like I think that's funny you said now through generations, and it's no shade to Puffy because I went to Howard with Puff, so. I still yeah. call him Puffy. I don't call him. I don't care how many times he changes his name. And I totally understand your 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 flow on he's who he is. Whenever you meet him or you, you yeah. see him, he's gonna do him. And it's um, I'm always uh, in awe of where he started to right. where he is now because he is the poster child on Webster's for me for getting your hustle on and making it. Right. So right. that's just my two cents because I know how he did it. See, look, you came for me, and now, now I don't pull you in. Look at you. Let's get real. You ain't pull me in. You ain't pull me in. I just laughed when you said when you said um, you called him Diddy. I was like, really, Diddy? Okay, Puffy. Yeah, and I wanted to hear where you were gonna go with that because I know Puffy from being at Howard and taking the train and walking the train. Um, and not sitting down without a ticket to go with uh, to do an intern with Andre Harrell, you know. So it's a I, oh, I know, and I just that's why I said, Oh, really? It wasn't a negative thing, I just wanted to see. Where and, it was and I think I was, that our <laughs> connection, like you know, our and I'm like speaking for like the people of Harlem, like if anybody say uh -huh. it's, the idea is because we look at him like another cousin of ours, it's not so we know what the struggle was for him to get there, we're from those same places, you know. And, you know, on that same come up, like, okay, the, the middle class black people who, like, are trying to, like, make their way out of the hood, whether their parents did it for them, so they was able to elevate out earlier. Um, mm -hmm. Still in that struggle right now, meaning people that's even my age just trying to make their way out. You know, you see it's possible. And so, and you can still be you. You don't got to start acting like nobody else. You don't got to like, you know, oh no, we're, I'm from Manhattan, you know. No, it's okay. You can be from Harlem and still be able to get into those rooms and be at the table or create your own mm -hmm. thing. So, um, so, yeah, so. Because he'll quickly say money making Mount Vernon. And I was like, 
Okay, laugh at you when talking to people. <laughs> so, but that's a different. But that's cool. Awesome. All right, last question, and this is actually for you too, Tanisha. If you could have anybody what? from home send you something right now, what would it? Oh, be? I know what Tanisha gonna say. <laughs> what am I gonna say? Popeyes. You fried chicken. You close. It's fried chicken, but from Harold's. Uh, from Harold's. Okay, you're going to do Harold's. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to do okay. Harold's. Uh, mild salt and pepper. Yeah. Mild salt and pepper. Good job. What about you? funny because <laughs> the first thing that I, I guess before we got on a call, um, Serena knows that I just moved into a different apartment here in Portugal this weekend. And so I'm in like cleaning, unpacking mode in my apartment. And I was like, I gotta make a list of the things I need from home. And I was like, first thing, Lysol spray. <laughs> Why can I not find that in this country? No, they don't have it. They don't have it, in the, they don't have it on this continent, girl. Good luck. I'm like, really? where's Lysol spray? How come they I can't just really find- They do aerosols here like that. Yeah, I mean, like uh -huh. they do the, the, you know, like air fresheners, but I'm trying to disinfect things. So I need like something serious, you know, so. Uh, so because you got to make it. Uh uh no, I'm going to bring it when I from when I come back home. But so it's funny because I literally said in my head, if what I'm going to put on this list, the first thing, don't forget, don't forget, Lysol spray. So that is clearly not where you was going, but I just had to like share that with you. <laughs> um, but I would say I had another moment because obviously it's summertime, block parties is happening, and I also seen a friend who is um, was visiting her family, not in New York. But it did remind me of mine because uh, in August this time is when we do our cookouts and they would roll out. She must be from Maryland. They would roll out crabs. So there's crabs all over Portugal. But you no, know, I'm talking about blue crabs. Blue, crab. blue crabs. Yeah, I want them yeah. like blue crabs. I want them in all the Old Bay possible. I, it was to the point where she had a picture of like her and her family um, sitting at this long table. Um, like little kids eating crabs and then she had like posted on Instagram. It's funny. I'm saying all this in detail. Um, and I'm like, it was like an old lady trying to show a little kid how to open a crab. And she said, this is how the generation connects. Like, this is how you teach, like start them young kind of thing. Like, mm -hmm. and I was like, I, that, I remember that. Like my father was like, I'm teaching you one time. <laughs> like, you ain't get another lesson. Like, this is it. Like, it's too much work. Like, you know, once you, like, you on your own after that. Like, get what exactly. you get. <laughs> and so, and of course, the people who know what they're doing, they coming for you. Like, oh, she don't know how to get yeah, up in that yeah, piece? Yeah. I'm waiting for her to leave that I, there. Yeah, I'm so definitely. You know, you know, next time I know how to get in the, you know. So, that moment of seeing her post that on Instagram um, from uh, Crush Global, I was like, yo, this is what I miss from this summer. It's like just chilling out with my family and like just digging into crabs on top of newspaper and just all the old day possible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't want them sent to me, but if I can have any like, you know, kind of magic, you know, food moment from home right now, it would be, um, you know, kind of just chilling with my mom and whoever just sitting there going into some crabs, hard body. And my brother definitely wants a beer. Don't bring no wine to these with the crabs. I'm like, okay, you'll get your beers. <laughs> yeah. so that's that. that is dope that is dope that's a dope answer i love it so uh we're coming to a close please tell everybody where they can follow you and what you got going on chat so 
you can find everything Cha Squared related on my website, uh, which is my name, Cha, C-H-A, McCoy, M-C-C-O-Y.com. Um, and you can follow me on Instagram at Cha underscore squared. That's S-Q-U-A-R-E-D um, on Instagram. And the Cha Squared Project, or is there no the? On Facebook, so Cha Squared Project. Um, what's going on? So we have the communion coming up in Brooklyn, um, September 29th. So anybody who's ready to come up to New York City, um, that's following or people that's in New York City, please come out. There's still tickets left. And this one is going to be um, me breaking down natural, bio, dynamic, and sustainable wines. Um, so it's going to be, that's the whole pairing. I'm not using any other wines. Um, and it's going to be a five course meal. And that's going to be in Brooklyn. So if you're ready for this lesson in food pairing, then come out for that. Uh, what else is going on? Um, I'm also, I'm, this is a Tunisian moment. I'm like, uh, oh, yeah, I forgot. I'm also doing an event with James Beard. <laughs> what? Um, what? On October 23rd. Um, so if you're in New York, please come out and support. The tickets are on sale now, October 23rd, James Beard. Um, I'm partnering with Co-Brands. They are my sponsor. So they're giving me all the wines I need, girlfriend, to do these parents. Um, nice. James Beard is nonprofit. So they're like, sis, you on your own. <laughs> you know? Like you've been asking for Barolos. Like <laughs> you on your own. So, um, so yeah, shout out to Co-Brand for sponsoring all the wines I need for uh, the parent. And what else is happening in the States? Those are you know, two major events. So, um, they're like, oh, you always, now you're in Portugal. How can we get you? I'm like, this is where, this is where I'm definitely going to be in the States. So please come out to that. Um, and if you are international and you somewhere in the world, I'm doing an event in October in London as well. So please come to the communion in London. I'm working with Zoe from Zoe's Ghana Kitchen. So I'm doing a I say, because I know I'm going to, I don't want to call it Guyanese and people going to come for me. <laughs> like, food from Ghana. Um, doing a food pairing um, with, um, with her recipes. And she has a great story as well. And she has a TED Talk. So if you don't know Zoe, please look her up. Um, so I'm excited to be working with her for the community in October in London. So that's on the radar right now. And please come to Portugal. Let me host you for a tasting. Let's like chill out with some vineyards together or something, you know. On my way. <laughs> <laughs> yo chad thank you so much for joining us this was fantastic thank thanks you for having me ladies yeah uh leslie and tanisha y'all got anything going on any announcements you want to make before we go oh i do okay. so we are going back to our roots um we haven't done wine tastings in a while and um we partnered up with um, the Coffee Theory in Mount Vernon, Baltimore, in the Mount Vernon area. And so we will be doing happy hours on Friday evenings and wine tastings on Saturday. So check out vino301.com for um, upcoming wine tastings. So we are very excited about that. That's awesome. Tanisha, what about you? Um... No, nothing like... Oh, just hanging around champagne, like oh. I usually do. <laughs> that's kind of it, and that's why I ain't want to say it, because like, I'm like, I'm talking about 
Well, no, just a busy September with um, tours in the city and then day trips to Champagne. That's that I love kind it. of the major things. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> we about to make this up. Can we do? What's the sir? How do we get the swirl sweet? I already asked Tanisha, and she, like, so now that I got y'all, like myself, how we get oh, y'all here to Europe? How we do? How do we make this a girls' trip? How do we make mm-hmm. this happen? That's I think we just make it happen. Okay, make it happen. Okay. I think I'm, I'm, as, I'm like the queen of start small. So in my <laughs> mind, it's like, don't invite your cousins and your sisters. Bring y'all. Bring the sweet. And like have it in Paris, and I'm gonna I'm gonna come be the guest, like you know, like uh, what's it, the real and all those other crazy. <laughs> like, is that child again? Is she uh, is she part of the sweet now, or is she like, is she a guest again? Like I'm like, mind your business. I'll be the one that's popping in. Like uh, Serena couldn't make it, so we have child McCoy again. I'm, like, I'm back. <laughs> yes. Um, Leslie dropped out midway, so Chad came in to finish. (laughs) She is going to be the eve of the swirl suite. Exactly. Yes, exactly. (laughs) She's like, Chad, can you be our, like, you know, I'm like, that's me. So I'm the substitute. Okay. Make it official. Karina, Tanisha, Leslie, can somebody, can y'all make this official? I'm going to be God, like, we need that energy. There's only two of us. We need a third person at least. I just want to like make it official, okay? Like you have time to put anything else on your plate. What? That would be the highlight of the rest of the year. They're like, you know what? We're just going to add you in whenever. You know, I'm fine. As you can see, I'm good at one. I'm good at one a.m. Portuguese time. So when we so when we call, don't be like, um, well, you need to talk to my assistant. <laughs> Jade, no. No, no, no! You're not gonna, you're not, you're not gonna get that from me. But I'm, I'm serious. I'm, I'm down for that. I'm down okay. for that. Like I said it, lo- I said it on the air. Like you sure just, did. Yeah. Like, we might yeah. edit this part out though. Uh, like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> she like she out here making promises she can't keep. Let's let's edit that out. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, yeah. No. But thanks, ladies. Um, and seriously, if y'all plan on coming to Portugal and I can be your host, I would love to put something together for you guys. And I know Tanisha's been trying to get y'all first, so if I got to be second, I'm okay with that. <laughs> All right, ladies, have a good All right, night. Y'all. Y'all have a good, good night. night. Good morning. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's our show, guys. Thank you for joining us, Well Sweet. We hope you enjoyed our conversation with Cha. Don't forget to follow her and all of her events in New York and in Portugal and in London. Um, don't forget to follow all of us individually. Myself at Vine Me Up, Girl Meets Glass, Vino Noir, Vino 301. Cheers, everybody. If you or your business would like to be sponsored in a Swirl Sweet sponsor spot, please contact us at swirlsweet at gmail.com.